welcome to my podcast. This is your host, Ray Lloyd, and this is All The Things. I am back. This is my second episode in two weeks. Like, what is even happening? I'm so excited. Um, But I am actually here to talk about a form of birth control. And so all you guys who listen to my episodes, my podcasts might already be tuning out and that's totes fine. But if you have a girlfriend, a wife, a partner, someone in your family that has an IUD, you might want to stick around and listen to this. Now I want to preface with, I am not a medical provider. I am not going to be giving you any medical advice or suggestions in this episode. I am simply going to be talking from my own personal experience and research that I have done online. Take it or leave it as you decide. Okay. So why am I talking about this? Well, I have been on a journey to try to heal myself. As you know, or if you're new here, now you know, I have an autoimmune disease amongst many other co-infections and other issues with my metabolic syndrome and my body as a whole. There's just a lot going on. Maybe one day we'll get into the depths of it, but I have spent without exaggeration, thousands of dollars on trying to heal myself and find my root cause and things like ozone therapy and brain mapping as the most recent and um, all sorts of like high frequency work and, you know, all sorts of therapies to heal the trauma and then just changing the way I eat and just being gluten-free is more expensive than not. And it's maybe healthier, but still. And, um, yeah, there's just been an intense amount of money, time, effort, and just like brain energy put into this healing process. I have gotten my antibodies down significantly, but they're not at zero yet. And that is my goal is sometime before I die, (laughs) hopefully that's in a long time, um, that my antibodies are down to zero just because I really want to have gotten to a point where I reduce my inflammation. I reduce the active attack to the point where I can live and feel better and sleep better and think better and react better and feel more comfortable comfortable within my skin, my body, just living as me, right? So when there's inflammation in the body, it causes inflammation in the brain, which causes anxiety and depression and all sorts of other issues. And we're not going to get into that in depth in this episode. Um, I do plan on doing an episode on chronic inflammation in general, but it's such a, it's such a complex issue for me. And not only that, but it's so complex in the sense of there's so many different opinions on where it comes from and what's causing it and how to treat it and every time you talk to someone new like I have seen so many doctors over the years they all have different opinions on it they all have different methods they all have different um, approaches and that can feel very very confusing to my already very chaotic brain I literally did a brain map which I'll talk about at some further point once I've done more treatments with um, biofeedback Um, but I have proof that my brain is chaotic and so it's like I can't keep adding more stress onto it until I heal that. So I don't want to talk about inflammation in this current um, podcast episode other than what it applies to your uterus. So birth control, that's like a just like a heavy topic all on its own, right? And there's various um, beliefs in terms of like religious beliefs and um, moral beliefs and all that, like whether you use it, whether you don't use it, what kind you use, all that good stuff. Um, and I knew nothing about anything when it came to birth control. When I first got married, I got married at 19. I was told I absolutely had to go on birth control because I was so young. Back then, you know, rabbis and adults in my 
life and doctors all had a much larger say um their opinions held more consequence than they do now like now i literally don't care what you have to say i'm going to live my own life i'm going to walk to the beat of my own drum but back then i was young i was impressionable i didn't know and i definitely didn't want to have a kid right when i got married so i was like oh okay like what's the options and they said well use the pill So I went on the pill, I gained 60 pounds in six months. And I don't know if that's what caused my autoimmune issues. I don't know if that was the precursor to inflammation. I don't know. All I know is I felt like shit. I had crazy anxiety. I gained a ton of weight. I was super inflamed. I was so puffy. I was miserable. So within six months, I was like, I don't want to take this. So they're like, well, what are your other options? And they didn't want to put a um, IUD in because I didn't want to have it for so long. And you know, other options weren't an option at the time, which, you know, we won't get into that in depth either, but they're like, okay, use a diaphragm, which is just a whole episode all on, all on its own. <laughs> but, um, tried that. And then after a while, I was like, right, I'm just gonna like, we'll just have a kid. Cause that felt like a better option at the time. So I had my daughter in October of 2007, 2007. Yes. Um, October, 2007. And after which they said, well, now that you've had a baby, your cervix is more, um, you know, hospitable for a IUD. If you want to get an IUD, like how long do you not want to have kids for? So I was like, I don't know. But um, I got an IUD. I got the Paragard because I knew I didn't want to go on the hormonal options because I saw how badly I did with hormones with the pill. Now, I was not awake at the time. I was not exposed to all the holistic measures and natural um, thoughts that I have now, but I'm so proud of myself for just intuitively knowing like hormones were wrecking havoc on my body, which they are wrecking havoc on your body too. I believe that with no exception. Now you can decide what you want to do with that information and you can do a more in-depth dive into the pill. I'm not going to be talking about it today, but I believe hormones wreck absolute havoc on the body and I would never touch them ever again. So in my mind, I figured, okay, the copper IUD has got to be a better option. Um, when I got it put in, I've had three, right? Cause I've had three kids and the first insertion wasn't so bad, but it is painful. And there's a really large movement right now on helping women that when they are getting an IUD, that they have some sort of anesthesia or numbing factors because it's insanely intense and painful. And, you know, OBGYNs are really downplaying it. And I don't have an opinion so much on it, um, but I do know it was very painful. And I do want to say you know, my two cents. My second insertion was insanely painful. So, so, so bad. My third one wasn't as bad. Um, and the removal you barely feel, um, I would say the, you know, the prep to get it out is more uncomfortable than the actual removal. But that being said, I want to talk about my experience. So I had an IUD in 2017 for three years. Then I had my next daughter in 2011. So then I had my second IUD, again, a Paragard, the copper one inserted. And I had that one in for three years, just about. And then after my daughter that I had in 2014, I had one put in because I figured, great, like don't want to have kids and this is the option and don't want hormones. So like, let's go with the IUD. And I had that one in until July of 2022. So I had that one in for almost eight years. And um, I'll talk about why I removed it. So let's first talk about what the IUD is. So the IUD is an intrauterine 
uh, T-shaped, either a piece of plastic or metal wrapped in copper that is inserted in the uterus to provide birth control. So there's four types of IUDs that have hormones. They are the Marina, the Skyla, the Loletta, and the Kylina. Um, and then there's also, like I said, the one I had, which was the copper one, which is called the Paragard, which is hormone-free. Now, the ones that have hormones, the marina is the most famous of them, um, they release a hormone called progestin. And this, what it does is it thickens the mucus in the cervix. So its main you know, use is to stop sperm from reaching the egg in the first place, but it also thins the lining of the uterus and partially suppresses ovulation, which is why a lot of the people with the marina or the Skyla or those types of IUDs um, will sometimes stop getting a period altogether, or if they have a period, it's very, very light, or they'll like have a period like every few months. Um, and it's because of that, it, it suppresses ovulation. Now, if you think about it, like that can't be good for your body. Like if you're stopping your body from doing something that it's naturally supposed to be doing, like why aren't we examining those side effects more, you know? But that's neither here nor there for now in this conversation. So let's talk about the Paragard. So the Paragard is wrapped in copper. It has like these coils on it. And um, basically there's a couple things that it does. So one, sperm doesn't like copper. It's a very acidic uh, material. So it kind of like blocks it from moving through the cervix and getting to the egg to, um, you know, fertilize it in the first place. But if it does, what it also does is it makes the uterus like an inhospitable environment for an egg to attach. So it might get fertilized, but it doesn't attach to the uterus and then it all, you know, comes out. So timing wise, the Paragard is the one that lasts the longest. They claim that you can keep it in for 10 to 12 years and would have to replace it after that. The Marina is seven. The um, Kylina is five. The Loletta is also seven. And the Skyla is three because that one has the least amount of hormone in it. Now, I never thought like about any of the symptoms I was having or like, I remember my doctor like yearly appointments would say like, are you having like heavy bleeding? I, I didn't know if I was or wasn't. I hadn't had, like I had a period in February of 2017 without an IUD, then got pregnant. And every single period after that was with an IUD. So I don't remember from when I was 20 years old if my periods were what they were. Like when she would ask me if it was heavier or longer or more painful than they were before, I didn't remember. All I knew was having a period with an IUD. So I would say, yeah, it felt like I guess it was normal, but this is going to be TMI, but honestly, I don't give a shit. So what would happen was with when I had my, you know periods with my IUD, I never missed them, always had them. Um, but the first like day or two was always like brown. Like it almost looked like the end of a period, but it wasn't, it was the start of it. And it would always be like this, like spotting and it would like just drag out. So like two or two days would be like this weird brown spotting where you're like, should I wear a tampon? Should I not? We'll talk about tampons at another time. Um, and then it would start and I could bleed for like five, six days, three of which were like, you're going to die. You better replace that tampon every, I don't know how often, because like, you're just going to bleed out. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then the last couple of days would be like, again, like that brown, like it's sort of ending, but like it never really fully went away. And I was just used to having like a six or seven day period that was just like super obnoxious, not incredibly painful. I never really had crazy cramps. Sometimes you would feel it. Um, but you know, I just thought that that was normal. I also don't know again, exactly what my root cause of my autoimmune disease was obviously 
having an inflamed body is never going to be a good option for anything. Obviously, having mono can leave you susceptible to things um, like autoimmunity. Leaky gut, 100%, is always going to be a precursor to autoimmunity. And then you have trauma. And like I said, there's so many different opinions from so many different providers and they all have like their holistic approach to it. And I believe all of them, but I wonder like, what was the first one, right? And it never occurred to me that the Paragard could have ever played a part in having Hashimoto's. But, you know, fast forward, I've had three IUDs, fast forward seven years, my baby's turning eight in August this month. And I just, I... Started to feel weird about having something in my body that shouldn't be there, being that like I'm the kind of girl that like reads ingredients on every single snack that I bring home for my kids. And yes, they still have some normal snacks, but I really try to highly discourage, um, you know, like MSG doesn't come in my house. I don't want them having food coloring. So they'll have it sometimes, but like I really try to, you know, encourage natural flavors in for real natural colorings and natural flavors. Like I'll go to the health food store and I'll get like ices that were made with like beet juice. You know what I'm saying? I'm the kind of girl that like will only use natural deodorant. Like, and I have this thing in my uterus and like, I just didn't, it started to not sit right with me. And then I came across a TikTok where this girl was talking about how after she got her IUD, like all this stuff started to happen. Her skin was breaking out. She had bacterial vaginosis and she um, developed Hashimoto's. And I'm like, what are you saying exactly? So I started to do some research and like, there's a lot of women out there saying this. And then I came across an article that I'm actually going to, you know, read some of the stuff for, to you from it. And it, it just, it wasn't enormous numbers because I don't think all of it's being reported. And of course I think some of it's being suppressed, but like, it was enough for me to say, "Mm, I don't feel comfortable with this in me anymore. So I took it out in July and I had my first period in like the end of July, August, I didn't have any of that pre-spotting for two days. It just, I woke up one morning and I was just normal bleeding, like like would have been like day three for me on, in a, a period before this. And then it stopped within four days. And I'm like, wait, I spotted like day five a little, but it was done. Like really day three, it started to slow down. Day four was like the last day. And then day five was like a little bit of spotting, but like didn't need a tampon kind of thing. I don't care if you're uncomfortable right now. We're just girl to girl talking. Like this is normal. Make talking about periods normal. Okay. It's what you go through every single month. Um, And I was like, wait, and I didn't even need that many tampons. Like it just was like normal and regular and I didn't have cramping and it was like normal, healthy looking blood. And I just like this light bulb went over my head or like went on over my head where I was like, oh my God, like it had to have been doing something. And I had done blood work and checked my copper toxicity and I didn't have any. So I was like, oh, I'm great. You know, but it bothered me for a while. And now I'm just like really happy that I got it out. Um, so let's talk about it. Okay. So this report that I saw, there's an active lawsuit right now. So like I said, it's not enormous numbers, but it was enough to catch my attention. So there was 3,186 women that reported that the IUD broke in their body. 1,910 of them were deemed serious and 102 of them were life-threatening. Now you will hear of IUDs in general, just like migrating and they'll find it like in someone's gallbladder. It has to be removed. Like that happens. People are also getting pregnant with them. Now it's not a super high incident rate, but it does happen. You know, so like I've seen a picture of a baby being born and was holding its mother's IUD. It's like, oh, beautiful. Um, Then there was a study that uh, there was a microbiological analysis done that found an elevated risk of bacterial vaginosis among bacteria, sorry, among PowerGuard users. Okay, I'll repeat that. A microbiological analysis found an elevated risk of bacterial vaginosis among PowerGuard users. And 
TMI, but like I've had that issue for a long time. And like, a lot of these other women on TikTok were talking about, they have this like chronic bacterial vaginosis and like this, like it just went off in my head. Like, oh my God, are they freaking related? Like, you mean I didn't have to have this issue, you know? Um, so like I said, there's this current lawsuit. In that lawsuit, there was 162 um, examined IUDs that had been used after between 13 and 67 or 57 months rather of use. And it showed fragmented copper coils. About 10% of these devices that were examined were examined in the second year of use, had fragmented coils, at least one, 15% in the third year, 17% in the fourth year of use, and 22% after long-term use, so after the fourth year and on. Now, 64% of these devices that had fragmented coils had breaks affecting one of the five coils. So that means like they're breaking off inside the body. Now, where's that going? What's it doing? Like we all know about heavy metal toxicity. Like that can't be good, you know? Um, now, when I checked myself for copper toxicity and it came back normal, like I was like, okay, great. But the truth is that there are people out there that can't, their liver can't process copper, which means that they could have copper toxicity, right? Um, then there was a study done in 2009 that showed of nearly 2,000 people that were in the study who had the Paragard, um, that it caused them to have a loss of 50% more blood during their period than people who didn't have a Paragard. Now, losing that much blood, having that heavy of a period can lead to um, being anemic. Now, what are some signs of being anemic? Well, uh, bruising, uh, heavy periods, fatigue, headaches, restless leg syndrome, cold intolerance, being super pale. Um, like if you pull down your eye underneath, like in like the bottom bit of your eye, it should be nice and red. If that's super pale, that means you have anemia. Um, hair loss, shortness of breath because you're not getting enough oxygen to your cells because that's like, you know, like your, that's your red blood cells, um, brittle nails. Like a lot of these signs are also signs of like thyroid disease. So some people get them confused, but like you could have both, you could have one, you could just have anemia because you're having such heavy periods. Um, and then there was a case actually done all the way back in 1996. There was a case study that found that the copper IUD can lead to a copper allergy of the symptoms, which can lead to uterine inflammation and fluid buildup in the vaginal tissue. So like, remember we talked about like inflammation anywhere in the body isn't healthy for the body. It's not good for the body. So they're like, just so you know, signs of pelvic inflammatory disease, which is like inflammation in the uterus or the cervix, um, is things like, um, longer and heavier periods, having cramps during your period, or even when you don't have your period, um, pain during sex, fatigue, um, abnormal discharge, like all these kinds of things that like your doctor might just being like, Oh yeah, it's, it's okay. It's fine. But like, really it's not fine. And you shouldn't have to live like that. Um, so if you want to see more information on this, there's an Instagram account called Natural Nurse Mama. And on June 1st, she posted this study with a whole bunch of information. Um, this post has 4,350 likes on it and 429 comments of women talking about their experiences with the IUD. Now you're going to tell me there's thousands, there's millions of women out there with IUDs. You know, you've, you have one, you've never had any issues with it. I hear you. I get it. But there's so many women out there who either don't realize it's not normal. Like I didn't realize that having that weird period wasn't normal. I thought that was just my body. Um, or there's women who are just not talking about it or they don't think they have any other options or like they just put up with it. 
because everyone tells them that it's fine or like their friend had one and they said, oh yeah, it's normal, it's fine. Now, are the chances of you having an IUD and having issues lower than not? I don't know. I would say maybe, I don't know. But like the idea of putting something that shouldn't be in your body in your body, like the less you have to do that or the less you do that, the probably the better. So basically... What I'm saying is you want to examine your options for birth control a little bit more directly in depth um, on your own before you have a doctor tell you, oh yeah, it's totally fine. It's just plastic with hormones in it that's going to cause you to gain a ton of weight or feel super hormonal or depressed or anxious or suicidal because I've seen studies of all of that. Um, and you might want to look into, well, what, what is copper toxicity? You know, what is bacterial vaginosis? Is that something that you're experiencing and didn't realize you were experiencing? Is, you know, heavy periods normal? Do you remember what it's supposed to be like? Like, I don't know. Now, does it cause Hashimoto's? I cannot say yes. I also w- am no longer willing to say no. Uh, I would say three months ago, I would have been like, no. It causes other things, but not that. Now, I don't know. And I'll probably never know because I did not have Hashimoto's before I got my first IUD. And after my first IUD was taken out, to then get pregnant with my second one is when I started seeing my endocrinologist. And at the time, which I would no longer ever see an endocrinologist, but you get the point. Um, and I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Now, is that coincidence? Was it already brewing? Did it already happen? Did it lead to it? Did it not help the situation? I don't know. I'll never know. But at this point, I'm suspicious. And I don't think it was good for me in the long run. Um, And so I don't know. I have seen other women talking about it in their own personal stories on TikTok. Like, this is what happened. I had an IUD. I had the Paragard specifically. And now I have hypothyroid. And now I have Hashimoto's. Like, does it cause autoimmune? I feel like it... it probably not all on its own, but when you have a background of trauma or leaky gut and an already compromised immune system, maybe it pushes it over the edge. I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm hypothesizing here based on my own experience and other women's experiences. So if you already have autoimmune issues, if you already have Hashimoto's or lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or you know celiac or things like that, I would say probably stay away from them. And you're going to ask me, Ray, well, what are my options? I'm not going to give them to you because everyone has different um, opinions and risk factors and, you know, things like that. But, you know, you could look into condoms. Um, you could look into something called Fexi, which is a prescription. Um, you could look into natural family planning. You could look into something called Smart Woman's Choice. There's a lot of different options. I'm going to leave that up to you to do your own research and make your own decisions. Um, I'm not here to be anyone's like, how do not have a baby advice. But I just wanted to share that experience so that you know a little bit more about what your options are and what your risks that you're taking. Because, you know, just like I talk about the endocrine world being totally dominated by big pharma I mean, so is the GYN world. Like they're writing birth control prescriptions like they're candy and giving them to kids super young just to clear up their acne, which is then causing them to have lots and lots of issues down the line. I mean, they try to heal PCOS, well, manage symptoms of PCOS with birth control. Like there's a lot of issues out there. Um, Just remember, there are only five days out of the month that you can actually get pregnant if you know how to track your ovulation and you know the days that you could be fertile around ovulation like 
there are lots of free days that you are available for all the things you want to do. So again, not medical advice. I'm definitely not a fertile or don't get pregnant guru, but being a woman who has a uterus and gets a period, I have my experience to share. So just wanted to share that with you. I would love to hear your experiences with the IUD if they weren't, um, you know, positive, just so that other women can see them and have more information to go on. Obviously it's all subjective because everyone's an individual, but there is a collective amount of stories that are pointing in the direction of, hmm, maybe not such a good idea. So just putting it out there into the universe. Hopefully this energetically finds you if it needs to and stay tuned for another episode coming up on a completely different topic. I hope you're all having an awesome week. Thank you for listening. I hope that you loved today's episode. Please do the following things. Share this all over your social media. Subscribe to my podcast and leave me a five-star rating. Till next time.